Welcome to the Habits to Goals podcast with Martin Grunberg. It's time to take control of your life. Are you ready to achieve goals faster and more consistently than ever before? You need the habit factor. You're listening to Habits to Goals, the podcast that helps you create the habits that lead to success. I'm your host, Nick Polkuski, and here is Martin Grunberg. Martin, thank you so much for joining me on this episode of the podcast. Nikki P, it's brilliant to be here again. How are you doing today? I am doing phenomenal. How are you doing? <laughs> you always sound great. I love it. I'm doing fine. Awesome. I'm fired up. We got good stuff to talk about today. Yeah. Speaking of what we got to talk about today, what is going to be our topic? Well, I'm thinking it's seven reasons self-help doesn't suck. <laughs> nice. I like it. That? I like it. <laughs> How about that? So do you have a GTR before we dive in? Uh, yeah, actually. Uh, and what mine is going to be is it's, it's not necessarily a new thing, but I'm just uh, reminded of how grateful I am for it is actually having a stand up desk. Um, oh, attaboy. I love it. Yeah. My, I wish I had one. My back is jacked up. Well, that's kind of where I was here. And like uh, right now my back's actually sore. So it's actually one of those desks that can go from sitting down to standing up. So I just actually between recordings here, uh, stood mine up. So yeah, it's it's been nice. Hey, uh, just for everybody listening, including myself, uh, what is the brand? Do you mind sharing that? No, not Since at all. It's a uh, next desk. Next. I think I've actually heard of that. Yeah, it's it's they're not cheap, but it was a very uh, good investment for me because I do spend all day, every day behind the computer. Out of war. Well, yeah. Next, you're going to need something for your eyes. Just wait. Yeah, bud. I know. I know. Oh, man. So that's, that's fun. Um, so yeah, my GTR, thanks for driving this. <laughs> this is going to sound crazy. Our, I, I think I've mentioned this before. I'm coaching my daughter's eighth grade soccer team last year in seventh grade. They won the eighth grade, which is considered varsity, um, championship. They took down all eighth grade teams and they won this year. They lost the championship and it wasn't even close. They got, <laughs> they got destroyed. And that's actually my GTR because what happened was, and I put this in an email just the other day to the parents, you know, after the dust settled, it was a terrific, it was kind of, it's not what you want. It's, it's what you need yeah. experience. And what we needed was a better understanding how to handle pressure um, unfortunately there was, there was not terrific, you know, these are 14 year old girls. So there was finger pointing, there's an mm -hmm. accusation, there was, it wasn't terrific teamwork. And, and what I explained obviously to the girls was I was very disappointed. And what I explained to the parents is we didn't have a lot of experience losing. And, and so as I was basically reprimanding them after a hard loss with the principal there, I also, I think, was able to spin this in a fairly positive light where we realized that's not how we're going to act. You know, winning is easy. Um, yes. When things are going well, everybody's happy. I think the true test of character, and, and we shared this with the girls is, is how you react in when times are tough, right? It's the old adversity doesn't build character. It reveals it. It, it actually does both. And 
I didn't like the character. So, so that was the good news in my eyes. The, the bad news was we didn't have another season or even another game to regroup yeah. and learn from it. But I think they're all taking that lesson um, of being better better athletes, better sportsmanship or be- having better sportsmanship to uh, high school and well, throughout life. So that's my it's – it's a weird spin on the GTR, but I actually think it, it's appropriate. No, I, I would completely agree. And it, it is kind of weird how – often our best lessons come from those losses, those failures, you know, those adversity points in our life. It's a great point. You you don't learn a lot from wins. (laughs) I think think Bill Gates once said, success is a horrible teacher. (laughs) There's just, there's nothing to learn from it. So we learn our great lessons, as you just said, from, from our biggest challenges. Well, awesome, Martin. I think- So there you go, bud. Yeah. So let's kind of dive into now our topic of the seven reasons why self-help doesn't suck. (laughs) I I love the title, by the way. That's a good one. Um, So first of all, the the problem statement is this. There are people who may actually doubt whether it's the value of this podcast or even an episode or or reading that self-help book because there's books out there that say this stuff is garbage and that you're wasting your time and it's setting you up for disappointment and, and on and on. And I think you can spin that, you know, there's no science behind it. And rather than tackle each of those kind of individually, I think, because it's kind of this abstract argument anyways, I I just want to go through maybe share a personal experience and talk about the seven reasons. And I could probably go on for a hundred, but, but why I think there's great value in, in self-help. And, and frankly, I prefer, and I think the military uses this, it's, they call it personal development, but we'll stick with self-help and uh, we'll march through this. So what does self-help mean to you, Nick? Um, well, I guess I've always kind of approached it in in kind of that similar fashion uh, of what you mentioned with the military, the actual personal development. You know, it's more about getting yourself up to that next level or improving yourself in some way or maybe bringing up an area where you're weak in and making it a little bit better. You know, that's kind of, uh, I guess, my mindset when I, when I hear self-help. That's beautiful. And do you think that's a waste of time? <laughs> uh, well, uh, no, absolutely and, not. And, and, and do you need science to back that up? Uh, no, I, okay. I think if some of the teachings and philosophies are rooted in science, it helps the argument. It helps it, um, me feel more confident about it. But I do think there is also value in uh, stuff that might not necessarily have some you know, quantifiable uh, result. Yeah. I mean, look, I'm, there are certainly some things that, that push the envelope, um, that get out on the outside of, I don't want to pick on any particular program (laughs) or, but, but, you know, they get a little foo fooey and, and I'm not going to drive down that kind of path at this point. I'm going to, I'll share with you, look, my backstory is I came out of I'll try to do this as quick as possible, but, but graduating SDSU, I had a design and an art major and, and I had great visions of 
being an art director and and working in advertising or doing graphic design and an artist and in and of all things you know i was i was working at like a kinko's designing flyers and um boy was that depressing now again i'm whatever my 22 24 but that was hard to kind of manage and wrap my head around and i certainly didn't have anybody coaching me and before i knew it I was, and and this is from a long line of having terrific health, I was depressed, I was sick, I, w- I lost probably 20, 30 pounds. And then one morning after probably 25 days or something ridiculous in bed, I remember waking up one day going, dude, you are going to die if this continues. And, you know, not to get too heavy, but I literally said, like, do you want to live? And that was the conversation I was having with myself. And what surprised me is the answer was yes. So then I was like, okay. And by the way, this was a very personal experience because I don't even think some of my closest friends, I mean, people knew I was sick and I was kind of out of it. Um, I was certainly alienating my girlfriend at the time, but people outside my inner circle would probably look at me and think, you know, life was just terrific. But that was the conversation I had with myself. And then the next thing I realized was I did want things to change. And of all things, uh, I, for some reason, I had a book. It was a Norman Vincent Peale book. Mm. He's, are you familiar with him? Uh, Yes, I haven't read much by him, but yes, I'm familiar with him. So he's, he's just a classic. He's one of the, so his all time bestseller, I think was the power of positive thinking. Yes. Highly recommend it. He's very religious. He's, I think he's a minister. Um, I, that, you know, didn't bother me in one way or the other. I thought the message was very powerful, but that wasn't the book that, that actually kind of pushed me over the top. It was, it was, or lifted me out from under, it was this book. Um, I think we're going to have a few links to books. Can I find it? No, it was, it was the power of positive imaging, Hmm. which sounds like the power of positive thinking, totally different book, very similar, but it was all about using imaging in the mind, not only to heal yourself, but to create different experiences in your world. So for me sharing that personal story, I can tell you, um, just at that surface level, this idea of self-improvement and self-help was a game changer. And then I'll go through, like I said, we got seven, seven supporting ideas here. And the, and the first one is just this self-help is the only and this is a quote from somebody, self-help is the only help ultimately there is. Because you can give me advice, you can, you can, it's the old, you can lead a horse to water, Mm -hmm. but you can't make them drink. At the end of the day, self-help doesn't suck because it's the only help there is. So that you can digest that. There's number one. 
Yeah, and I I think that's such a such a great point, really, because I mean, it's ultimately no matter what, no matter what kind of coaches you have, no matter what kind of advisors you have, you have to take that action. You have to make that change. That's right, and and so life is this incredibly personal journey. I read a book and I've just found it. I think I was backpacking through Europe. It was called An Existential Approach to Buddhism. I actually, who, somebody just told me about that book. No way. It's really old. I thought it was out of print and I think it's called Alone with Others. But if there's one thing I remember almost 30 years later was this quote, we are born alone and we die alone. And on the surface, I'm sure that sounds terribly depressing. And yet I think there's great acceptance with that or there can be, or let me rephrase that. There's great peace of mind once there's acceptance of that. So when you can accept this idea that you're born alone, you die alone, nobody's going to, well, I can't say that people could die with you, but even then it's your own journey. Right. And, and somebody might be born with you a twin, but it's still your own journey. So really that brings us back to, it's the only help there is. You got, you have to help yourself. I'm glad you heard of that book. That's classic. I'd love to hear where. Yeah. Where's- I can't remember. I think it was another podcast I was listening to. Someone happened to mention it. But yeah, I can't remember for sure. That and I, and I haven't checked it out. Now I'm going to have to. I heard about it twice. I got to go look it up now. Yeah, I believe it was Alone with Others. Okay. An existential approach to Buddhism. All right, number two. Hey, there's no denying once you assume that it's the only help there is, it's, it's empowering. What happens is you take on the responsibility. I think one of the challenges, great challenges people have is they want to blame the man or their boss or their mom or their dad. As soon as you assume responsibility, and by the way, I think that's what self-help encourages or promotes, then you are in control. And guess what? Control is tied and linked very closely to happiness. A sense of control is tied very closely to happiness. Yeah. So that's, that's number two. And, and I think that is so true. And that's really, that's kind of what got me into it almost is, you know, back in elementary school, especially I was kind of the, the weak little kid, uh, that kind of got picked on a lot. And so I w- started out, uh, trying to get better in sports, trying to, you know, working out, things like that. But then through the reading some books on, you know, how to train better, I eventually started to get into a lot of the mindset. You know, I'd read books like uh, The Athletic Mindset and some other ones like that. And then slowly that kind of uh, led me to the world of Zig Ziglar and other people like that. And now I've been a avid reader of self-help and leadership books, you know, since since I was really young. I love it. And I'm sorry to hear you were the 
the, the little weakling. But you know what? I love it. It, it all turned out to be a, a brilliant gift because exactly. here you are and, and you got the winning. I think that's another book, The Winning Mindset, maybe. It sounds like it is, but I'm not uh, sure. I'm, I'm trying to. Yeah. Anyways, the author is alluding me. So two quotes to go with that empowering idea. Why self-help does not suck. The first is let everyone sweep in the front of his own door and the world shall be clean. Mm-hmm. And I think that's Johann von Goethe. And then the very first quote in The Habit Factor is... Everyone wants to improve the world and very few are willing to improve themselves. Mm. I think the way you improve the world is you start with thyself. So another reason self-help doesn't suck. <laughs> awesome. So All right, so that's number 2. Yep. Number 3, humility. It's this idea that getting back to the accepting idea that um we can become better. We fundamentally have some challenges or areas of improvement. And it's an accepting of that. And it's a, a place of humility. Some of the people I know in my life um, who probably need self-help the most or personal improvement, ironically, are the ones who think it's garbage, Mm -hmm. who have no awareness that they have perhaps some monster gaps to fill. And again, for better or worse, they're the ones that are going to have to realize that at some point. Yeah. Well, and then even if you look at some of the most successful people uh, in the world, you know, they're constantly looking to improve one area or the other, you know, they're, they're, strong enough to realize they're not great at everything. Absolutely. Yeah. It's the old, uh, if you're the, if you're the smartest person in the room, you're in the wrong room. Yes. You want (laughs) to, that's self-improvement, right? That's exactly it. All right. So four is desire. It self-help doesn't suck because it shows that you have a desire, which is really the beginning of all things to improve, to get better. You can envision something better or different. Um, Jack Canfield has a terrific quote. (laughs) It's something like, if you want to grow spiritually, start a business or get married (laughs) because you will find the holes in your character and, you know, the problems uh, right away. So I think... Desire is just a a fantastic example for me that, you know, self-help shows you, you can, you can achieve more and you can be more and you desire to be more. If you're, if you're reading a self-help book, you're saying, I desire to be more. I desire to be better. Awesome. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. That's, (laughs) and I think that's ultimately what we all should kind of strive for is that to have that desire to have that willingness to push ourselves just that little bit more beautiful and that brings us to wow we're already on five 
<clears throat> excuse me, the idea of nobility, this, it's a, it's a Wayne Dyer quote. I know I'm always hitting you with quotes here, people, but uh, for me, quotes are very valuable. So he says, nobility, and I, I believe it actually originates from Hemingway, but, but either way, nobility isn't being better than others. It's being better than you were yesterday or before. So true nobility is about being better than you were before. And that's, I think, it's got to be the aim of self-help. True nobility. Yeah, I, I that one really resonates. And we're talking a lot about like, yeah, back in high school and athletics here, but that resonates because that's something that our basketball coach in high school used to always talk about. You know, each day is kind of that new day, and really our only goal is to be just a little bit better than where that's we were huge. the day before. So have you heard of Kelly Slater? The name sounds familiar, but I'm not sure. One day hopefully we'll get him we'll get him on the podcast. But he is an eleven time world champ, world surfing champ. He he's the youngest ever okay. to win the title. Okay, um, yeah. and he's the oldest ever. And <laughs> the reason I'm bringing him up, it's it underscores exactly what you just said, Nick. He's got a great quote. Every day is day one. Mm-hmm. And to me, that is the only way you can be the youngest champ and the oldest champ is if you pursue every day like it's day one. There's no resting on your laurels and you're just going after it. You're hungry. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. So and that's no nobility in a nutshell. <laughs> oh, exactly. Exactly. So what is then number six? I feel like it's this. It's the only thing we can control. So, so we, we started with self-help is the only help there is. But when you look at your circle of influence or people who influence you, again, it brings me back to the you can lead a horse to water, but you can't make them drink. It's the only thing we can control is our self, our decisions, our attitude, and for me, that is a monster awareness. I mean, it's just critically important. So that's number six. Awesome. Controlling the attitude. Awesome. And then what is our last one at number seven? Well, I love this one. Hopefully it's, it's what we're doing here, Nick. It's if you go through the process, ultimately you inspire others. And, and I know you do for all the good work you've done. I can share with you that if you're a listener, you go to the habit factor. I'm trying to think what the link is. I should probably just pull it up. Can I do this quickly while I'm on live? <laughs> I think I can. The I think I, well, I'll just keep talking. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> I'll, buy, I'll buy time. So here we go. It is... Where is it? Yeah, it's win. No. No, it's bring it. I'm sorry. Habitfactor.com slash bring it. Bring it is hyphenated. 
And this is our buddy, Adrian. And, and so if number seven is you inspire others, I'm going to try and read this. Um, he sent in, this is a guy who was, I mean, talk about an inspiring story. So he had a very difficult time. He was kind of in and out of the hospital in a prior year as, as stuck as you could be in a depressed, very bad place. A lot of things went sideways interpersonally. And he shared this with me over time, but he sent in, it all started. He sent in a snapshot from the app that he completed a marathon Hmm. and in the email it was really short it just said this goal was a pretty big deal to me thank you habit factor and i was floored and i i mean i was just blown away so i had to reach out to adrian and find out what the story is and again he, he gave me a very personal story i don't need to dive into the details but it underscores this idea I think what happens is if you go through this process, Nick, and I go through this process, you can't help but influence whether it's your inner circle or you have a podcast and you share your stories. And in this case, what Adrian said specifically was, so I needed a tool to keep myself accountable. That's when I realized that's when I went searching via my iPhone and purchased the habit factor. When I started using it to track my progress, I realized how much this goal meant to me. As a bonus, many others were inspired too. So we all won. And there you go. That is why self-help doesn't suck. Well, awesome. Boom. And that's on the website. Again, you can go to thehabitfactor.com forward slash bring it hyphenated. Awesome. Well, Martin, just to kind of like wrap up uh, this episode of the podcast, I guess, what would be your biggest maybe self-help book recommendations? One or two or three, uh, just kind of so our listeners can know, uh, can actually get an idea of what to go out and look for. That's brilliant. And of course, you mean besides the habit factor. Oh, absolutely. So- <laughs> of course. I mean, all of our listeners have the no, habit factor, no, I, no doubt. I, uh, Boy, I, I should have a comprehensive list and maybe we can put up. So I, at some point I, I got to do a good book list, but, um, think and grow rich, the all time Mm -hmm. Napoleon Hill classic as a man thinketh by James Allen, maybe the first place to start Siddhartha Siddhartha. Norman Vincent Peale, The Power of Positive Thinking, we touched on. Mm-hmm. Man's Search for Meaning, and really any Norman Vincent Peale book. And then Tony Robbins has some epic books. Yes. Um, there are a lot of great, great books. I think we'll compile a list, but that's probably plenty to get people started. I definitely think so. So Martin, thanks again for this excellent episode and any final words to kind of wrap up this episode? Yeah. Don't ever doubt the value of self-improvement or self-help. March on my friend. Thank you, Nick. Great job. And thank you for tuning in to this episode of the Habits to Goals podcast. I'm so excited that you could be here with us as we explore the habit factor and how habits can actually change 
your life. We'd love to hear what your big takeaways were from the epi- this episode. Simply go to thehabitfactor.com slash podcast. You can find all the episodes, all the previous episodes, and the show notes there, as well as all the resources that were mentioned in this episode of the podcast. I also really want to encourage you to go subscribe to the podcast on iTunes or Stitcher or SoundCloud or whatever podcast player you listen to because we are delivering a brand new episode to you each and every single Monday and I don't want you to miss a single one. So simply go to thehabitfactor.com slash iTunes and leave uh, and subscribe there. We'd also really encourage you, if you enjoy these episodes, the best way to show your appreciation is to simply go leave a review on iTunes because that helps so many other people find the podcast and realize that this is the podcast for them that could really have an impact in their life, their business, and in just their happiness and wellness. So thank you for tuning into this episode. Remember to go out there and create habits that lead to your success. If you're looking to grow your business using podcasting, but don't have the time to edit the audio, insert the intro and outro, write up the show notes, post the episode to all the different sites, and do all of the ridiculous back-end work that's required, then you need yourpodcastguru.com, where you bring the content and we take care of the rest. We'll even co-host the show for you. Visit yourpodcastguru.com right now to explode your audience and crush it in the podcasting world.